Dolphins coming. What's up, Cloud Gamers? Welcome to the Cloud Gaming Extreme Podcast. This is CGX episode 12. It's crazy how how many of these we've done, but uh, it's pretty cool because it seems like every week, right, news just come about cloud gaming and we just are excited to come on here and talk about it. So I just want to let you guys know, um, we don't talk about this a lot, but if you guys ever do want to support us, right, you can just click that um, button over there with the dollar sign. But just so you guys know, if you do that, if you like any members here, on the panel, the money is distributed to everyone, right? So it's a good way to show support for the members on this panel. Um, but to get started, not a lot of news in cloud gaming this week, but I still feel like there's some good discussions to have. Um, not feeling good. I don't know if you can tell by my voice. So I'm going to let the people in the panel kind of carry a lot of the conversations today. Um, but to get started, let's just check in with members of the panel, see what's going on, see how they're doing, see what they're playing. So to get started, Mark, how are you, sir? What are you playing? Evening, sir. Well, it's evening for me. It never is for you. I'm good, man. Uh, I've had a, a busy week. Um, it doesn't seem like there's been a lot of news, but I still feel like you know, there's lots of little things happening that constantly require like updating and doing stuff. So, uh, yeah, working on some video stuff and this week, uh, obviously out yesterday, we had Star Wars Squadrons, which uh, I've literally just jumped off a stream of, of doing, but I jumped into that for many hours yesterday and today as well and loving it. Nice. So highly using? recommend it. Yeah. What are you using to play? <clears throat> uh, Shadow for both ways I've been playing it. Uh, both flat screen and also using virtual desktop to um, stream the VR stuff over to my headset as well. That is dope. <clears throat> that is dope. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, I got to test that game out, man. Chief was also talking about how surprised he was by how good that game is. So, yeah, one of these days I'll hop on. But how are you, Duncan? What you been up to? What you been playing in? Let's give us an update. I've been getting shouted at a lot this week on Twitter, <laughs> and uh, for that, uh, I have been playing, uh, oh, my head went blank here, I, I keep on forgetting the name of the game, and I've got it here, Humans Fall Flat, I had a good play on that last night with uh, Omrock channel, it was actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be, and with the extra players, uh, it's up to 16 players in Stadia, which is actually more, it's been it's been good fun there, bar, bar that I have been just floating about the different things, I've just got sucked back into Destiny 2, like I was saying last, last week, and uh, yeah, I'm still banging away on that, but it's been, it's been a fun week Nice that human fall flat, that's what's called, right, for Stadia, man. I tried to play that game, and I almost, like, broke the controller, man. It felt so slow for me, and I couldn't, like, hang on to anything. I just kept falling and falling, but I see a ton of people playing that and loving it, so cool, cool. How about you, Ben? How are you? So what are you playing, and what platform? I'm doing good. Um, let me see. That. Okay. Um yeah, I've been playing a lot of Ghost Recon this week, uh, Breakpoint on Stadia. Nice. Uh, got a good group of guys that I've been playing with, so right. it's fun to do some PvP on there. Right. Cool, cool. I got your Discord DM. I was halfway asleep, so sorry. I couldn't <laughs> join you guys in that. But no worries. Cool, cool. How about you, uh, Jerry? How are you, sir? What are you playing, and what platform? 
Yeah, I'm I'm doing good. Actually, I've probably spent more time this week kind of trying to go around and hop in everybody else's streams and see what everybody's playing and try to get people to go watch and kind of stuff like that. Um, I watched Duncan play Human Fall Flat with Doc, and I was literally laughing out loud, sitting at my computer laughing. My wife was like, what is so funny? So I told her to come over, and she's watching Duncan yelling at Rod, get me up, get me up, get me up. And it was hilarious. So a lot of just kind of watching everybody else play this week and kind of take a break and see what everybody's reactions have been to all the games, except just like Mark sends Thursday night, midnight, um, Squadrons. I've been playing it a lot and uh, really, really enjoying that. And I've played it uh, mostly either local or on maximum settings. Nice, nice. Seems like you're enjoying it too. You guys are making me jealous, man. Gotta test that game out now. How about you, Chief? What you been up to and what you've been playing what platform? I've been on a few things this week. Um I did hop on to Human Fall Flat. Um just to try it because I thought it just looks so stupid. What the hell is it? Um and ended up getting playing for about an hour, hour and a half um after the tutorial i just the physics on it i just thought i've got to do better i've got to figure this out and i jumped into a random multiplayer i think it was rocks and then there's about eight of us in there trying to figure out i guess how to smelt a key but we kind of gave up and ended up climbing over a mountain and jumping over a wall somewhere and managed to progress to the next area but it's really weird how that game just doesn't really give you any hints so it is a real brain teaser so you really got to try and figure it out so, but um, go on. What's the game about? Just curious. I, I, it's just I, like I a physics puzzle game. It's like I don't know if there's any real story to it. It's just oh. trying figure stuff out. But uh, somebody can probably correct me there. Interesting. Um, also, Spellbound came out. Uh, sorry, Spellbreak. I keep calling it Spellbound. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was watching <clears> you play it the other day. That was fun. Thank you. And. Really good. I was going to cover it a, a week or two ago, but it wasn't on GeForce Now. So now it was on GeForce Now. I, I thought best time to do it. And I'm absolutely having a blast. It's hilarious. It's great fun. So yeah, highly recommend that. And I realized they still had EA Play Pro, um, which I didn't think I still had. So I went and jumped on Squadrons. I wasn't that fussed with Squadrons because it just looked like a flight sim. And I thought it was going to be quite boring not very well done being in a, an ea game but uh really surprised at how well optimized that game is how well the flight controls are and yeah i got sucked into that for a bit so yeah i've been hopping around different platforms so i've been playing that on shadow and maximum settings but that's so well optimized that even shadow is pushing over 100 frames per second quite happy Dang, that's crazy so it seems like Human Fall Flat and Squadron are the games to check out this week. But let's see, Holtz, how are you, sir? I am great. Right. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Um, I've been playing the grid community events with Cloudy with a chance of games. I've been having so much fun being, you know, destructful, throwing people off the track. So, you know, I just kept it low key. I showed the kids the shadow. I've been showing them Yokalele, the impossible uh, layer. So yeah. have you ever played like a Donkey Kong Country or Donkey yeah. Kong Tropical Cruise, it's a based similar style, 2D platformer jumping, and they can't believe it's in the cloud. They don't ask me, wow, where's this? I'm like, shadow. <laughs> but, but you know, the, I'm being fighting as well with them because this Friday, Crash Bandicoot about times being coming out, and yeah. they've been playing it, and I've been tapping my feet, and I've been like huffing. <sighs> so I really wanted to play it, but never got round to it, so I've yeah. just been focused on little small tasks. Cool, cool. 
So a lot of the good games, it sounds like you guys are playing. It's pretty cool because like last week seemed like a lot of people were busy and didn't get a chance to play that many games. But this week seems like y'all have been gaming quite quite a lot, which is pretty cool. I have been sick, so I haven't really been playing a lot of games. But I actually have been checking out some of the pro games, which we'll talk about here in a bit. Um, played a little Dead by Daylight, and that game is really optimized well for Stavis, but we'll talk more about that later. But to get started, let's move into GeForce Now news. If you guys didn't know, we tried to cover all of the cloud game platforms here. GeForce Now, Stadia, the big dogs, um, and then we tried to include Shadow and Max Settings at the end. So Luna, xCloud, Stadia, and... Um, GeForce Now. And so we're just going to get right into GeForce Now. So four games was added this week to GeForce Now, which is not a lot compared to, I think we got, what, 12 last week? Yes. But um, yeah, uh, but highlight feature, Rocket League was added to highlight and we got a demo, uh, Ghost Runner. This is what, the third time this demo has come back to the GeForce Now platform. But we have a release date for Ghost Runner. That game should be coming out on the 27th of October. So if you guys are interested, check that out. This game offers RTX too. So if you guys want to see what ray tracing is for GeForce Now, this is one of the games that offers ray tracing as well. And we heard that Watchdog Legions is going to be coming out end of this month for GeForce Now. So again... Not a lot of games coming, but some good news for the GeForce Now platform. But I want to know for you guys uh, who are on here. Did you guys play any of these games? I know, Chief, you're talking about Spell Break or Bound. How the hell you say that game? But uh, what? How, how has these four games been? Have you guys played it? Let me know. To get started, uh, Jerry, what's your take on the GeForce Now news for the week? Um, firstly, do I sound any better? You do. <laughs> or am I still, okay. I don't know what's going on and everybody's been flashing in and out too, but I, I got things better on this end for me. Um, not bad. I was happy to hear about watchdogs cause we knew cyberpunk was coming and I had a hunch about watchdogs. So even though we didn't get anything super exciting this week, except of course with chief, I uh, totally agree that perfect time to cover something on Spellbreak. a really awesome game to see come over there. And people are always asking us, is there anything I can play for free? Sure, GeForce Now for free, grab a game for free, and you're good to go. It's one of the few ways that you can do uh, something like that. So I always like to be able to tell people that there's another free game. And that one-hour limit, I think it is, on the free tier that they have on GeForce Now, I mean, as long as you're at a good save point or at an end of a match or something, you literally just re-log back on. There's no countdown. There's no timer. You just kind of re-queue up. I don't know if a lot of people uh, realize that. So um, other than that, I like... Games coming to highlights, Rocket League to highlights, because I know a lot of people are back into playing that. So that's definitely a pretty good feature for for everybody there. The demo, I don't care that much about. Uh, when the game fully releases, it'll be fun to check out ray tracing and that. But I'm more excited to see the AAA games that are coming day one to uh, GeForce Now and see how that starts stacking up against what everybody else is going to be offering. True, true. Yeah, uh, like you were saying, Watchdog being one of those AAA cyberpunk, right? I feel like this fall is just going to be... And, it, and now Watchdogs is releasing the same day as the 3070 because they've delayed the 3070 mm, from the 15th right. to the 29th. So that giveaway is like right there. People are going to want those codes like now. It's launch yeah. day. Give them to- yeah. So uh, interesting how many things are going to be happening on the 29th. So true. Good point. Good point with that. How about you, Mark? What's your take on the GeForce Now news? 
Yeah, I think the the way I put it um, in the video today, which was basically they have kind of been delivering week yeah. after week now. I think we just said last week there was 12 games. I'm pretty sure of consecutive weeks before that we've had between sort of eight and 12 games. Loads of them have been like day one releases. They've been the free epic game vault game of the week. So they've, they've been delivering week after week. So when we have a slower week like this, I'm like, I'm fine with that because, you know, I'll cut you some slack because you've literally week after week you've been doing it. So it's fine with me. Uh, spell break, I am looking to get into. Again, I jumped into Chief Stream and I just asked how it was because I tried this back early, early. It may have even been pre-beta, like during <clears throat> during alpha, I could think I got a key for it. It was okay, but there weren't a lot of people and it, you could tell it wasn't a finished game. And it was leaps and bounds different to what I saw Chief playing. So I'm definitely interested to jump back into that. And, and like Jerry said, it's great that, you know, with GeForce now, literally grab a free game from the Epic Game Store, grab the free tier of GeForce now. Oh, look at that. You've got free games and a free gaming rig. Go for it. Yeah. It's awesome. It's really cool. Really cool. How about you, Duncan? What have you been... I mean, what, what's your take on GeForce now? Yeah, it's just basically what the other guys have been saying there. Uh, the spell break has got me interested there. I want to give that a, a word on GeForce now. And... They have just been banging out the games week in, week out uh, now. So if it is a lesser week, which this week is, uh, you still know that they're delivering and there's games coming every single week. Uh, so it's it's been, it's been uh, a weaker week for uh, GeForce now, but they've earned the, the, the slack uh, because of what they've been doing over the last couple of weeks and months now. So I'm not, I'm not too too annoyed about that because it is as Mark was saying, it's consistent now so you do know that you're going to get game after game after game and then just reinforcing uh, watchdogs coming at the end of the month is just just good as well so you don't have to worry about that not coming Yeah, and just so people are aware right? if you have Uplay Plus you can pretty much play all of Ubisoft titles on GeForce Now, including Valhalla and Watch Dogs. So just keep that in mind as well. How about you, Holt? What's your take on the GeForce Now news? Well, I was really interested in seeing Ghost Runner because it looks like a cyberpunk, cybernetic meets Mirror's Edge parkour. We're adding hack and slash and grappling hook. And to me, that really sounds really exciting. But when I play it, when I'm going to play it, I think it's going to be a bit too punishing or challenging for me. And I'd like to oh, For the people who actually want the challenge and want to get punished, it'll be very rewarding for them. Yeah. So that, that trailer looked really interesting for me. And then I did actually play um, Spellbreak. And to me, I'm not really one for Battle Royale because I think it's so genetic, but adding like wizards or elemental users, mm. I thought, wow, this looks a bit cool. It looks a bit different. It looks like playing PUBG, but like it's the last airbender. People were just throwing yeah, elemental magic yeah. around. And it yeah. looks it look it just looks chaotic. And I'm like, which element would I want to do? But I, it looks well paced. It looks like the magic wall, yeah. you know, restricting can consume people and push them forward to get you know, kill people. So it looks fun. And then the other one was um Blade and Soul, yeah, M MMO RPG based on like the four symbols of Chinese law. So that, that looked interesting. Like, so you had like the, the Azor Dragon, Black Tortoise, White Tiger, and the Vermilion Bird. So it's a typical MMORPG where you've got certain races with attributes, ones spiritually enhanced that can speak to familiars, ones more powerful and physique and stuff like that. 
and you, you know guilds magic spells and that so it looks interesting it's something that i might actually dive into it's a bit old but hopefully i can grind a little bit nice nice yeah that ghost runner game i just <laughs> that game is is difficult and challenging but like once you get it it'd be like it's it's so cool because you try to get like a perfect run and once you get your perfect run you get hooked but it's it's a fun game definitely should give it a shot for sure how about you chief how what's your take on the chief now news for the week yeah i'll start off with ghost running because i need to break my computer over that game <laughs> yeah. um yeah. it's definitely a, a rage inducing um bullet time it's very good looking it's it's very rage inducing though, so I will not be trying it again, even to just <laughs> check out the ray tracing. I'll leave that to Ace. Ace managed to pretty much complete the demo, I think. So he's got a lot yeah. more patience than me on that front. Uh, spell break, yeah, definitely. Um, I put quite a few hours into that. I would say it's almost mm. like Borderlands cross Fortnite with magic thrown in. So it's got the pace. It's got even a faster pace than Fortnite, I think. It really pushes you close together quite quickly. And even though the map's quite big, the way that it gets you guys to spawn into the map initially kind of clusters you towards where the circle's going to come in anyway. So, you know, you do generally get action pretty quickly. And the fact that with the two different magic and um, leveling systems, etc., if you get a squad together, you can really mix up your powers. And if any of you have ever seen Magicka, if you haven't, that's a hilarious little magic game to um, go and mess around with where you can combine your magics and blow each other up by accident and create some really random kind of spells blowing people up. But uh, yeah, it's got just so many elements to it and being able to combine them with your teammates to make, you know, fire nados and uh, electric storms and frozen ice that's on uh, it's fully electrocuted. It's really cool. It's definitely worth checking out. Um, the others I'm not really that fussed with, you know, but that's three huge GeForce Now games now, or Epic games now that are on free. So you got Rogue Company, uh, Rocket League, and now Spellbreak, all free to play on Epic. So, and they're all supported on GeForce Now. So, if you don't want to queue for that hour, five pound a month, you've got three massive multiplayer games there that will more than keep you busy. So. I think GeForce Now is a ridiculous deal at the moment yeah. paired with Epic Games. So, yeah, definitely worth uh, having a look. And this is probably the fourth or fifth week that they've dropped an Epic free title yeah. day one on their Newsweek. So they are being consistent. Okay, it's not 10, 15 games this week, but you know, if one of those games of genre was of interest to you, then it's still a win in my book. Right. They was Rogue Company a free Epic game? I don't remember. Was that free? It was or... open beta. They <laughs> kind of keep doing open beta, but now they've made it actually free to play. Uh, uh, Rogue Company was a GeForce Now perk. So you actually got the copy of it. Uh, they emailed it to you to the founders. So they did. Oh, cool. Cool. Well, game is so dope if you guys haven't tried it out yet, but... Like Chief was saying, though, with the combination of just Epic and GeForce Now, man, you guys can play some really good games for free on GeForce Now. How about you, Ben? What's your take on the GeForce Now news for the week? Um, I mean, it's nice to see the 
the date for Watch Dogs Legions and stuff because that's one game I am interested in playing. Looks a lot of fun. Uh, somebody was saying the other day, it's like real life human Pokemon. Got to collect them all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was Sunny that said that. Um, but yeah, that and um, seeing Spellbreak, you know, I wasn't that interested at first until I saw Chief playing it. And now I really want to play that with, with a group of friends. Right. Yeah, that game looks like a superhero. I love the flying element of it. And then it looks like Dragon Ball Z a little bit, you know? It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, Chief, I think you've uh, got a lot of people interested and want to check that game out, which is dope. All right, so that's all we have for the GeForce Now news. Again, if I'm missing something, people in the panel, let me know. But we're going to move right into the next segment, uh, which... Stadia. Um, so here's the deal. We have one bad thing that we want to talk about for Stadia, but we're not going to start with that because there are some good things that Stadia is, is, is doing. And, you know, like we love to highlight the good stuff that Stadia does. So to get started, this is the second month in a row where we're getting six free pro games. So round of applause to the Stadia team. I mean, these games are not just trash we got celeste which is a killer dope indie title it's a free to play game i mean dead by daylight with crowd play i thought that was going to be a game that we would have to pay for but that was a free steady pro game man so many so many games uh to to talk about here um but again just want to start by giving them highlights so for the people on the panel right out of these six games, have you played any? What's your take on these games? Are you guys excited that Stadia is offering another month with six free games? So to get started, Holtz, what's your take on this? Well, I dived in having a, a bit of game with um, Humans Fall Flat. I had a little go with my twin. We changed our avatar and it was a puzzle platform with ragdoll mechanics. So playing co-op was actually quite great. We just fell over everywhere. So we started, came up with a routine. We started being like the Chuckle Brothers to me, to you, to me. To you. And it seemed to work, but not that effectively. But it was still a lot of fun. And the story that I thought was in, I thought the story was you're escaping the the... The Dreams of Falling. I think that's what the story was, which I grasped or read it somewhere. So apart from a bit of fun with that, I've been jumping in in Jotun, and I just love hand-drawn animation. I love Norse mythology. So playing this game, you know, with gorgeous landscapes and really powerful soundtracks, and I just love the way the warrior, she just has a, like, you know, she's in a native language, so it really gets you invested in the story. So I've just been plodding along on that. Not too far but really enjoying it. And I want to see where like the world connection tree and the world serpent all come into it and how it evolves. So I want to slowly progress through that, but they're the only two that I've been looking at. I mean, I would like to play dead by daylight. I mean, but I'll just be such the horror trope. I'll just end up dying all the time. I won't be that good surviving. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So how about Celeste? So I did want to play Celeste, but I didn't have time to sort of jump into it. I mean, I've got it on the switch you know what I mean, jumping across. It's very, um, you need a very good timing to jump yeah. across and all that. I mean, sometimes it can be frustrating, but once again, it's another game that's so rewarding, so great game, and I recommend anyone play it if they've got time. But yeah. this week, I never had time to try it okay. on Stadia. Fair enough. Fair enough. Duncan, what's your take on the six pro games coming that came to Stadia? 
I think uh, if we're just looking from this uh, point of view, this has been a very strong week for Stadia. We've got all these pro games coming. You may not like them, uh, or you don't—they're not your cup of tea. But I think it's been a strong week uh, with that, and especially with the cry play. I had a wee quick play of the cry play, and it was reasonably easy enough to uh, set up uh, because my accounts are all my YouTube accounts are all fine. But I know a lot of people had some tiny issues that way getting it, getting Cryplay set up because of brand accounts and all that sort of carry on. But w- w- with the pro games themselves, uh, I think for me, uh, I <laughs> was not a, a great fan of them. Uh, the one which has surprised me uh, was humans fall flat. I thought I was not going to like it at all, and I have. The rest of them, for me, unfortunately, are pretty bleh. And uh, even uh, Death by Chocolate, uh, I don't see myself playing a lot of it, but it has came across very well. Uh, It's running really well on Stadia. The rest of the game's just not 100% for me, but it's really great to run the platform, and you can't really complain about them. I do agree. This has been a strong week for Google Stadia, and it's pretty common, like, checking out my friends' list. And normally, when I look at my friends' list, you have about eight people on, and people are just, the rest are just, like, idle, right? But this week, people were just playing a lot of games, and I think that's just a testament of how good of a week Stadia had this week. But let's check in with you, Jerry. What's your take on these uh, six pro games? Um, I agree that uh, Dead by Daylight runs really well. I was surprised. I can't play it. I can't do the <laughs> scary, and a lot of the times it's nighttime here, and yeah. uh, so I don't do it a lot. But I did check it out, and it runs really well. Probably the only reason there's going to be no video on it is because I literally can't play it long enough to make a video on it. So <laughs> that's not going to happen. Um, Celeste played on Switch. It's a really good game. So anybody who hasn't checked that out or wants to play it on Stadia on the go or whatever, you can't go wrong with that game. Uh, like Holt said, it can be tough, but it's a rewarding game. Jotun I played a little bit of. Um, beautiful, beautiful game. And I'll probably play it a good bit uh, on Stadia just to get through it a little bit. I really, really was looking forward to trying that out. On my less positive note, I tend to get worried about these pro games. And even like every week, Duncan has to say, I can't complain. And we say that with GeForce now too. I can't complain with some things, but how long we've gotten one, two, three, four, five, six games, and it keeps going up and up and up. What happens when they can't do six anymore and we get four, <laughs> three, two? And like I had said in my Stadia video last week, I would prefer a weekly drop kind of like Epic Games does where games get more attention, more focus, and don't do the mega dumps of games at the first of every month. And then that also give them the freedom to drop either one or two or three games, whatever they want per week and space it out. Less complaints, less problems with stuff like that. So I don't know how long they can, they can keep this up. And I also still have a big issue with the fact that pro games are subscription games that you don't own. And I feel like if you're subscribing to the service and you get them into your library, if you stop paying for pro, you should still be able to pay, play those at 1080. Uh, that that kind of paywall still is an issue for me. You're never really owning those pro games. If I go on Games with Gold for Xbox and download a game, I own it forever. It's in my digital library. Even if I stop paying everything, 
I could still load it up. So that's still an issue for me. And things like Luna and stuff coming, I think they're going to have to adjust the business model because a lot of people aren't going to want to want to pay $10 just to access a bunch of games they're collecting every month. Yeah, that's, that's a good point with the weekly drop. Really didn't think about that. But yeah, it might be a better idea than just dropping six games right in the beginning of the month. But good, good take with that. Okay. How about you, uh, Mark? What's he taking these six games? Coming to I'll probably give all of them a try, strangely enough. I think probably one thing to, to highlight for content creators like us, things like Stadia Pro Games is super helpful because like in terms of like content to live stream or, or making content to just be delivered a whole bunch of games every, whether it's weekly or monthly, is always super useful. Um, so I'll probably do like, uh, and because of, you know, how Stadia works, no downloading or anything like that is literally jumping in and out. It's super easy to do like a variety stream, which I find quite helpful. Um, so I'll probably end up doing that and jumping sort of into all of these. One thing that does stand out is a lot of these titles, when they've been announced in previous months, we have sat here and said, <laughs> I'll probably wait for it to go on pro. Yep. And lo and behold, here they are. So that, you know, it justifies what we say every time we're like, uh, I'm kind of interested, but I'll wait for pro yeah. because it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, other than that, I was for Dead by Daylight, the crowd choice feature kind of seemed like a, a stealth drop. And I can either take it positively or, or negatively. OK, they delivered a new feature. It's something they did, promised a long time ago. It got delayed. It got very quiet. And now they've delivered it. Yeah. Awesome. They've delivered on something they promised. Yeah. But then part of me wanted to go back to the conversation we're constantly having on their marketing. And sometimes they've got to toot their own horn. They've got to shout when they do stuff. And unless you've jumped into Dead by Daylight and saw it as an option, or you're a content creator or streamer or something like that, it's very difficult to know that it's a thing and it exists. So yeah, I'm a bit in, in two, two minds on that one. And then also they tricked me this month <laughs> because... They put their pro games on that image, and, and Chief pointed this out to me. They put all of their pro games, and then they put Risk of Rain next to it, but they just didn't <laughs> highlight it and put pro. I was like, Risk of Rain 2 is coming to pro. It wasn't. They just stuck up the same <laughs> image, and it was very misleading, Stadia. <laughs> for sure. For sure. How about you, Ben? What's your take on these uh pro games so i was excited and bummed at the same time i was excited mm. because these are some good games some good indie games that are actually good quality right. bummed because i already owned all of them <laughs> the only one i didn't own was dead by daylight uh, um i got celeste when epic was giving it away for free a couple months ago uh jotin jotin however you pronounce it that one comes free for shield users um that's well, right Tomb Raider is my brother's family library, so is um, uh, the Humans Fall Flat. So I already owned all those games in one form or another on other platforms. So at this rate, why even buy games in Stadia? Just realistically speaking, right? Just give it some time, and eventually it'll either go and sell for pro members or come as a pro game. And it's so interesting because Google's taught in 29 pro games now. And so my question is, when are they just going to flip the switch and have like a Xbox or Luna type deal to where you pay for pro membership and you have access to 
a catalog of library, a Netflix-style gaming library, right? I think it's a matter of time. It's just, it's insane. It's insane how many free games we're getting. Um, but just quick segment to that. Just what's your take? I'm not going to ask everyone. If you guys just want to hop on, just what's your take on this? I think we're that my take is our next story is when they're going to flip the switch. What what do you mean next story? Uh, the bad news story like, like, about uh, the Chromecast and uh, oh. not supporting Stadia. When that su- starts to support Stadia, I think that's when the model is uh, going to switch. Interesting. Okay. Got you it. know, I I feel like it might be sooner than that. Um, I think once Valhalla and and uh, all the new games, Hitman Three and everything, come out, then they'll have. Uh, a vault, so to speak, of, of old, technically older games at that point that they can flip the switch on. And they're not going to give away the, the free games because even like Xbox, you know, you get the previous year's editions of the games on, on Microsoft xCloud and then you have to pay for the the current versions. So until we actually have a, a previous version to compare to, I don't think they're going to flip that switch. So that could be sooner or later than that you know, first half of 2021. Agreed. Because if you think about it, if they try and maintain this rate of like six free games a month, like they've been doing the last few months, and pessimistically we're saying that Stadia won't be supported on the new Chromecast until the end of their deadline, which would be June 2021, I don't think they've got enough games to keep <laughs> to keep up that rate True. until that date. So, well, what, what about a look? Not without... Go ahead. Go I said, what a bit of luck deal finally give me Attack on Titan with the odds. <laughs> but the never. game has never been on sale. Never. Yeah. It's the one game I've always been quite yeah. intrigued by. So I, I've never uh, paid 40 quid for it. covered that game earlier, and the game is really fun. But again, I don't think that price was worth it. So I ended up returning it. But. It's fun. It needs to go and sell. I feel like a lot of people hop on that game if it does go and sell, for sure. So with that model, I feel like Luna's come in trying to be quite new and fresh with its channels and this Luna Plus. But really, if you think about it, Stadia's been doing that all along, right? It's been building its pro library, which is kind of that Luna mm-hmm. Plus. You know, it's the, the 29 free games right mm-hmm. now. And the channel that we're still waiting on which is the Uplay Plus. I'm not going to harp on too much about it, but obviously if that dropped, then you've kind of got your subscription model where you've got a whole bunch of Stadia Pro games and you've also got then all the Uplay games. But then Stadia's got the advantage, right, of all the games that don't fall into either of those categories, you can just buy. So it does have that extra option of just the buy now. And I think the model will switch when they've convinced enough people to either bring the price down on their games or to join the pro model, right? Because clearly a lot of the indie titles, some of the newer, I don't think we've seen a lot of AAA titles on pro, right? I don't think we ever have. So apart from PUBG, but really that's quite an old game now. It's not a new, I wouldn't call it really a AAA title now. Like Doom Eternal, you've never seen that as a pro game. Division is, 2. Is Metro Exodus yeah. considered AAA? Mm, maybe, I it's guess. Like, it's like almost there, kind of. But oh. how old is it? So I'd go 
Yeah. When I say AAA, I guess I'm saying new AAA. It right. might have been AAA three, four years ago. But so something like uh, Red Dead Redemption or Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah. Right? You, when you start seeing those titles start coming under Pro, I think that's when the model's going to start flipping. Interesting. So the the good thing about this, though, you know, people are just like, oh, out of all the models comparing it to Luna Game Pass, they're like Stadia's model is, you know, the weakest. But realistically, Stadia can change the model at any time, right? They can say, hey, we are going to keep selling games, but at the same time, we're going to offer kind of, you know, uh, a Netflix-like service. So it's not the end, you know, for Google State and, and Mala, anything can change. So that's, that's the positive with State. They're still new. They're still trying to figure it out. So don't get, you know, don't 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 kill State because they don't have a Netflix-type service now. I feel like eventually they will get it's it. People's, yeah, uh, sorry, it's people's mindset, too, something to remember, that anytime you say cloud anything, movies, games, and we got used to it with movies first, we expect to pay a subscription and then have access to everything. Right. It's just kind of the common mindset that people have. And then Stadia kind of breaks that with saying it's a cloud service, but you also pay full price for the games, but you can also pay a monthly subscription, but still pay full price for the games. And we'll give you some games. And it's a little bit confusing. That's what I was saying. I think they're going to have to tweak yeah. that business model and kind of get more where, where people are used to that monthly subscription. Cause that's kind of what Luna is going to be doing. Right. True. Again, yeah. I, go ahead. I, I agree with you, Ace. I think, um, we everyone is kind of in agreement that their infrastructure is sound the performance is probably one of the you know comparatively is probably one of the highest out there in terms of functionality yes they are very late in delivering a lot of these features but a lot of the features are new to this kind of space they are groundbreaking stuff that they're doing first so maybe you can get away with forgiving some of the lateness on those and absolutely what you've said is they have it completely within their remit to change this business model whenever exactly. they want. Yep. So they've got everything else going for them. The only thing that concerns me very long-term is, and again, we'll probably get onto it more if we talk about when we talk about Luna, is just the, if you look very far forward, the rate of getting new titles and how much quickly Luna can get them because of the native operating system of Windows versus Linux-based Stadia. I think Duncan's going to say something. That's true. I'm saying nothing. I'm staying right. <laughs> I've got something to say about Here we that, go. Go ahead, Chief. So we can cover it on the Okay, later, cool. Cool. But again, shout outs to Stadia for getting another game this week, Risk of Rain 2. Haven't really played it much, but saw some other people playing it. Looks like a really good good game. So any of you guys in the panel play it? What are your thoughts on it? I have a take on this. And it's and it's a little bit negative. Oh. It it was that well, I already made my negative comment that it was mixed in with the marketing for the pro games, and that was a little bit sneaky, but that's fine. So if, I was actually interested to play this one. Um, it's it's cheaper on Stadia than it is because it got added and it went on sale. So it's actually cheaper on Stadia than it is on Steam at the moment. Thanks. And I wanted to check it out, so I was going to buy it. And I thought, okay, well, I've got some of my ten pound voucher credit left. But last week after the podcast, actually during the podcast, I put the Division 2 when I realized it was £3 something, used my £10 voucher towards it, and it ate up the £10 voucher. You don't get credit left over. <laughs> I spent £3 and lost the £10 voucher. 
So I did not buy Risk of Rain 2 for that reason, out of principle. <laughs> that sucks. They don't tell you that, huh? <laughs> so you got to use it all in one take. Like, fair enough, they gave me £10 to begin yeah, with, but yeah. that was very unclear. Otherwise, I would have put it towards this. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Wow. Anyone else here play Risk of Rain? And what's your thoughts on it? Anyone? I watched gameplay videos this week, and I just couldn't convince myself to buy it. No, it it didn't look like my sort. It's a bit too cartoony for my liking. Pro game father. It'll be pro. Probably be pro soon. I might try then. Yeah, I I can see this game two months. I give it two months. It'll be a pro game. Probably less than that. But yeah, this is again one of those games to keep an eye out for for when it becomes a pro game. Sure, but yeah, I think that's all we have. Nope. Okay, so. Chromecast, the new Chromecast, which I have somewhere here. I have the controller here. Um, it's a great device. Great device. Great price point. Um, uh, Google, what the That's hell? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Like, I can't stress this enough. This is like a, a thing like a kid can, can figure out. You launch your product. You have all these apps listed on this product, right? YouTube, Netflix, Hulu. You have an opportunity to slap your logo because eventually we know it's going to come. So are you going to change the box next year? It's ridiculous. Waste of money. So from a business perspective, you know it's coming. You announce it's coming. You can easily just slap Here's the thing. They should have launched with Stadia on this. Like, hands down, should have done that. But they didn't. But then they know it's coming. And there's no advertisement on the box that this can use. You can put the bottom coming soon, Stadia, right? Missed opportunity. I, I just don't get. <laughs> this, this is crazy. I don't get how Stadia is not on this device. And they have... So they discontinued the Chromecast Ultra. You can't buy that individual. The only way you can buy uh, Chromecast Ultra right now is only with the Stadia Premiere bundle. So I, someone help me. I, I, I just don't... Am I, I going you. mad or, or is, is this like common sense, no-brainer situation? It's, it seems like reverse logic, but if you take what Google's been doing for the last year which is taking its time and making sure things work, it makes sense. As stupid as it looks, this points mm. to two things in my book. One, there's another Android TV device coming next year, probably the first half of next year, that will be bundled with the Stadia when it works properly on Android TV. At the moment, it is such a mixed bag. Some people install it on their Chromecast devices. It works fine. Great. I install it on my Shield Pro, doesn't work. Uh, my Shield TV, not Pro. People install it on the Pro, it does work. Other people install it sideload on other Android TVs, doesn't work. So Google is not happy with the rate, the success rate of Stadia working on Android TVs, and that's why it's not bundled on the Chromecast. If they were happy with its performance, it would be there. But because they are very cautious... And it's, I've said it before, 
their testing remit they stick to their process like glue because it has worked time and time again it's their software mantra which sucks for games but they slowly roll it out and if there's problems they roll it back and they start the process again and i think that's what's happened they've started rolling it out letting people test the waters with android tv it's not gone well so they've rolled it back and said right we'll put the hardware out we'll sort the android tv out and that will come later but at the moment it just looks really stupid all right can i say something real quick um Tell me how NVIDIA is able to get GeForce Now to run perfectly on an Android TV device and Stadia with all of the engineers that have in that company cannot figure out how to get Stadia to run. Because they only run, say NVIDIA only concentrate on one device or two devices, Shield TV and Shield Pro. Android TV runs on how many millions of devices in different combinations? It's a very different thing to target. But at the same time, I've also mm. I've tried out GeForce Now on the Xiaomi uh, Mi Box, yeah, which is a cheap one, yeah, uh, you know, same price point as yeah. the the new Chromecast, yeah. And I've also tried it out on like a generic Android TV, yeah, and it works great. GeForce Now runs phenomenal on cheap it Android does. TV boxes, so it why does. can't Stadia? I, I agree with you, Ace. Like I I don't see how GeForce Now can work on cheap ones, but not Stadia. And so you're telling me, though, Chief, they're saying next year it's going to be supported, right? So I I guess they're still needing time to to test and figure. It's going to be supported next year in this device is what they're telling us, right? They just didn't have enough. They'll get it working. Yeah. So so what I think on this one, I 100% agree (laughs) Uh, it it goes back to time and time again. It, it's the messaging behind it. It was so they had the Google Hardware event where they announced this thing. They very blase skipped over that part and just said, "Here's a new Chromecast. Here's all the things you can do," and didn't make a big hoo ha about the one big thing that it cannot do. And they followed it up with a tweet that just it was a Google tweet that said, "Here's a new Chromecast," and a Stadia response on a tweet that said, "Stadia coming 2021." And it was so kind of. You know, a little they bit underrated. mention it in the thing saying Stadia coming fall 2021, but it was literally like one sentence and they moved like, on to the next thing. Yeah, like extremely easy to miss. And I 100% agree. Like, basically, this would have gone down better if they could have given a better explanation because they haven't really, they haven't given one. It's just Stadia is coming, it's coming next year. Clearly, there's a technical limitation here. Everyone's gone to, I assume, the same thing. I'm pretty sure everyone's assuming the same thing. It's it's the performance on Android TV that they're trying to get figured out. If that's the case, then they should be more open and state that this is a, a technical limitation. This is why we're not delivering it till next year. And that would just alleviate some of the concern of, well, it's not on there because they don't care about Stadia anymore. And they're, they're just going to close it down and they're not concentrating on it anymore just that little bit of openness would alleviate some of the you know some of the stuff that duncan's been hearing on twitter this week <laughs> i'm going to say something different i don't think it's down to that i think it's down to the ai 
I think they're trying to get people on board and they're just doing a complete rewrite, rewrite of absolutely everything. And when this is going to be available on the Chromecast, it's going to be available for all. And we're going to get this brand spanking new UI. You can buy games or you can do messaging. They're just going to have a completely, it's going to be like a relaunch of Stadia next year when this all kicks off. Uh, that's that would be my thinking, but the absolute optics of this are absolutely horrendous. Uh, <laughs> there's no other way to say it. Uh, we've seen all the articles, we've seen the videos. You could see them coming a mile away. And um, when I seen the first half of 2021, my reaction was laughter. It was just absolute hysterics that it wasn't coming out. Fair play to Stadia, they actually got it out, they got the message out. And just remember, it isn't first quarter of 2021, it's the first half. That's a hell of a long time. That's That could be up to the end of June before yeah, it comes out. You'd be right on the UI, and it's probably going to come paired with the Google TV 2 or Pro or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so The thing is, every there. sorry, the, everybody yeah. is right. You know what I'm saying? Like, Ace is right, Marchiev is right, Mark is right, and Duncan is right. There's so much going on, and Chief knows what he's talking about when he comes to the software development and rolling things back and taking their time and making sure things work. Ace knows what he's talking about when he says, put a logo on the box, even if it says coming soon. From an optics, from a consumer standpoint, and from loyalty of gamers, yeah, we're all going to get Stadia working on all these Android devices eventually. It's probably going to be the last day of June next year, maybe, uh, when, all, when all of it happens. But I got the new device as well the same day you did. I haven't done any videos yet, but it's a really good media streaming device. Like I'm actually really enjoying I'm like, wow, even my wife is like, this is really cool because we use the Apple TV so much. Yeah. But so really nice but i'm like okay i'd be fine with stadia not being there yet i have two chromecast ultras and i can do stuff with that and with pcs but why wouldn't you put the logo on the box why wouldn't you say coming soon why wouldn't you just expound on it a little bit more which is where mark is coming in too saying transparency and at least throwing confidence out there saying because it almost feels like they're just telling us it'll be on there next year but then chief is right and they're releasing a new one that it will be on but actually it's not going to be on this one and it just makes you think they don't have any confidence in getting it running because they're not even confident enough to put Stadia coming soon on the box. I just think for people looking to buy it for that, it just, just doesn't look real good, even if they have really good reasons for doing it. Once again, we're sitting here with way too much speculation time and not yeah. enough facts yeah. about what's going on. Right. So I'll just be real with you. I talked to Google, um, dear uh, PR and, and stuff like this, and I have to tell you, and you guys saw when I covered Stadia during launch, right? The way Google operates, and I, I feel like this might be what the issue is. The way Google operates, they have a lot of different division working on different things. And I feel like where this struggles the companies that they don't communicate with one another. And my thing is like, yeah, Stadia team is here working, you know, the butt off on Stadia. The Android TV division, like they this might sound so silly, but Here's my thought. The Android TV is probably working on this new device, right? But they didn't communicate to the Stadia team that this is coming, right? So probably last minute, they're like, oh, this is like, oh, let's put this together. Let's try to make it work. Just talking with Google PR and being a good, a big fan of Google for the longest time, knowing how to work. This, like, honestly, I called this earlier. I said, it, it's 
I'm not going to be surprised because I've seen this happen with the Nexus phones, the Google Pixels. They just don't do things that you anyone can can figure out. They don't do it because they don't communicate with one another. And I feel like this might just be the issue. The fact that they just did not communicate properly. Call me crazy, but this is I I I don't think it's a limitation because Android TV has been around for a really, really long time. And again, Google has some smart as heck engineers. They can figure out how to put Stadia on this device. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. But the fact that it's not here. The other things, they can hire the price. Why are you launching it at $50? If you need higher specs to make Stadia work, put doper specs on here and hide the price tag. No one's going to be upset, right? Why is it 50 bucks in camera and Stadia? Is it hardware limitations, right? What is it? I don't think it's that that device can't do it. It's that it can't do it either reliably or that they are going for the whole of Android TV. So they didn't want to put it on there and say it works on this device, which is running Android TV, but actually all the other stuff that's running Android TV, tough luck. So I think they are going with the, if we're going to say it works on Android TV, it's going to work on Android TV. And something that um, somebody just said in chat, which actually reminded me of this, Chris, thanks, um, is the way that they rolled out the Android phone support, right? Actually, if you look at that, we've all forgotten about it now because all Android phones are supported. But when they launched, it was only Pixel phones. And then a few months later, it was Pixel and Samsung phones. And then they, once they got the confidence, they then said, okay, we're going to let everything use it with an experimental feature. And everything's actually technically still under that experimental banner. We've just forgotten about right, it because right. people flip the switch and play it. And if it doesn't work, oh, it's experimental, right? So I think they're going probably down the same line on Android TV. And when they've got the confidence that those devices work reliably, they'll be officially supported. And then they'll start rolling it out more and more. But I've got first-hand experience of it not working on an Android TV and quite a powerful Android TV. Shield TV is not a $50 Chromecast device. You know? So if a Chromecast device, which is optimized for it, works, great. But a high-end piece of Android TV hardware can't run it. That's a big problem. And I think that's why they haven't gone down that route. So you don't think it has anything to do with like Google engineers being lazy and they can't figure it out? No. Um, I will pull the software card here. If you've ever tried to write anything to support Android, it is a mess, right? If you just want to laugh, right? And the whole Apple versus Android war, go look at the percentage and what version of operating system and Apple devices are running on, and then go and do the same thing on Android. And you will see, your eyes will be opened instantly. The number of versions and types of hardware that Android runs on is insane. So when you want to try and get that compatibility, it is a programmer's or software developer's nightmare. Fair enough, fair enough. I would have been fine with it working on Google TV and not Android TV yet. Just on their device, and I would have been fine with that. Sure, sure. So, Donkey, you going to say something? Yeah, yeah. My whole problem with this is just you, Stadia is now going to be selling an obsolete piece of kit for you to play Stadia 
that is that the only way to play Stadia on your TV now is you have to buy the premier edition, which is more expensive than the yeah, other yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, and I just don't think that's right. I think that is terrible optics again. So that uh, that's the end of that. I don't think we've actually bashed them too bad here tonight. The premier edition comes with a controller, though, right? So I think yeah. it actually works out at the same price. You just don't have Google TV. Yeah, but you're getting the obsolete device. You're... That's the that's the issue. Or well, and if you're a if you're a Stadia loyalist and you're like, I like this so much, I want it in my bedroom as well, yeah. but I need a Chromecast Ultra exactly. to get it to work now. I've already yeah. got a controller, exactly. but now I have to buy a second. Or your Ultra breaks. I had that happen. Yep, that's what I. Because they get they hot, do. they, they run hot. So that's what I one. did. Yeah, that's true. But I I got multiple Chromecasts all over the house, right? And I use one controller and just walk around the house playing it on my other TVs. But yeah, it's a missed opportunity, Duncan. I think you're right on that too. Have we beaten Stadia enough yet? Or <laughs> should we keep going? I feel bad. I feel like we do this every uh, podcast. We don't mean to, but... Let's say what we always say. We love Stadia. We want Stadia to succeed. We, we just want to help it along. Yeah, it's an issue. They just make All it right. so easy to pick on them, though. Yeah. No. <laughs> I just want to say that I never see my Chromecast Ultras obsolete because I never really cared for the user interface or a remote. So my device there that's playing Stadia and casting all the shows and TVs that I want is the best device for me. I think Stadia intentionally aims it for the TV market. I think what they were trying to do was replace older TV, smart TVs, user interfaces with something that they can push a Google name on. So... When they've done that, and it looks like a clean interface and made up for all the people that want to go, ooh, I can do this on Netflix, I can do this on Hulu, I can do it on this. And I'm happy to wait for stages to come. I, when I saw it, oh, stages come out later date, I was like, okay, there must be a quality assurance issue or something like that. But it was nothing for me to rage about because I was never really interested in pushing forward for this device. And it's not because I'm a stage elitist and I'm happy with my device. It's just something that I just don't think I need and I probably won't need anytime soon unless multiple clients come available on the smallest form factor, which looks like it's this device. So yeah. as long as Shadow, GeForce Now, PlayStation Now, and all that can come onto it, then at the moment, I won't be investing. But yeah, it's quite interesting because $59.99, or you can get it bundled for six months for $89.99 for um, six months Netflix. Or you can, get, available, or or you can get YouTube TV for, uh, for a month and get the Chromecast. Yeah, free, get it for free. YouTube TV is a new US thing. Oh, that's oh, true. Well, that's true. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. I've been watching it all day today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> YouTube TV is great. Jerry, uh, tell me, right? You've tested this device out, and like you said earlier, it's good. But having the shield and having this, right? Do you see yourself keeping? I, I'm like trying to figure out, like, what's the need? for me to to keep this device um and yes it has a better user interface than the shield but i feel like the shield does more than that so i'm I'm debating if i should keep it or not maybe i'll do a giveaway i don't know but well what's your take are you gonna keep yours i'm gonna keep mine so i don't have to buy another one if they add stadia because you know we're gonna want to make a video on that when it does happen but it may wind up just sitting there until then um i do really like i it's snappy um it's it it works really well um the the shield tv pro 
man, it is, it, it's hard to beat that thing. It does so much. Um, it's not going to take the place of my entertainment center over here. It's not going to replace my shield pro for sure. Um, right. it's going to be staying right there doing everything that it, that it does. Um, and I also like the USB ports. It's easy for me to use my keyboard, my mouse exactly. to sideload things. I don't like downloading on the devices if I don't have to with the Chromecast, right. we've got to do the, the downloader and all that kind of stuff. Um, shadow works on there, but, um, yeah, I, I probably won't use it as like we'll call the daily driver of my media devices. It'll it'll stay my NVIDIA and my Apple TV for now. Those are the two main boxes I use. But I will say I was impressed by just how snappy it is, how good it works. If it had Stadia there, it would definitely stay plugged in there for my Stadia yeah. Stadia use. But I'll just keep using my Chromecast Ultra uh, for now for that. But uh, And the UI is so similar to NVIDIA Shield TV. When you get over into the settings and where that, like it's it's just almost like Shield TV when it comes to that. But I just love the functionality of the Shield TV Pro. So it's it's going to be staying there for sure. Okay. But I think the Shields is only so good because you're sideloading for the normal person. They want official apps. And seeing this device at, at that price point with official apps that they can actually use, I think it's a great product for the majority of people. That's a good point. The really only thing you sideload there is Shield. Uh, is Stadia there, right? Everything else is off the Google Play Store, Android Store. So uh, they GeForce, are official apps. GeForce now has to be sideloaded side too. Yeah, yeah, it does. On the yeah. Shield? No, it comes... Not on the Shield. Not on Shield. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So the Shield... But then the Shield is three times... Uh, xCloud I have sideloaded on the Shield and Stadia. Those are the only two that I have yeah. sideloaded, I think, on there. Yeah. And so, xCloud, yeah. So uh, someone mentioned on here that I think we see Duncan that next year they're probably going to rebrand Google Stadia. So what I think they might do with this um, Google TV Chromecast is, for instance, if you use it, right, they have movies, which is pretty cool. Again, this is awesome. They include movies from everywhere, Netflix. They bring everything so you can find it. You're not going to search. Um, They do it for music. I think for games, they might go that route of bringing everything, right, with Luna, with, um, I, I don't know if they'll do this with Stadia, but how cool would that be if they offer what they're offering for TV and movies with games, right? Just have it to where you can find pretty much any game you want to play like you can for movies. And um, maybe they're going to do that for this device. And I think if they do, that would be awesome. Maybe that's why it's not ready yet. But that's the only thing that makes sense to me as to why City's not here yet. But well, the other know. thing to think about is for you to play on the TV, you need a controller. So if you at the moment, that's how I think they bundled um, the Chromecast Ultra with the Premier Edition because it comes with a controller. So if you wanted people to have an entry point of the device, you can't keep that fifty dollar price point if it comes with Stadia because then only people who have got a controller would be think of it as a, a Stadia controller system. So that might also be part of it because if you're not a gamer and you th- feel like you might want to try Stadia, having Stadia on that device isn't going to sway you because you're going to go, well, I've got no controller to play it on. So that might be another reason. Maybe they just haven't figured out how to bundle a, a controller with it or pitch it in a way that everybody would want to try it because on a pc right you've already got a mouse and keyboard you can just yeah. go play can, but if you put you... it on a, a google tv device people are going to struggle to think about how they're going to use it can you pair yeah. a bluetooth mouse and keyboard with the google tv you can 
and that's that's why you can pair control as well to it um so that's and there's i don't know if you guys saw this but there's a article saying that with steady controllers there's a experimental feature now to where you can connect a controller to the steady control and use bluetooth maybe that's what they were trying to do and that wasn't ready yet before this launched but that also can solve that problem chief of just needing a controller with this device if you have a bluetooth device laying around just connect it and play stadia with it right all right are we <laughs> let's let's move away from stale unless someone else has something else they want to add to this but um luna right no big uh, news for luna this week um other than right before this podcast was going to start duncan sent us a list of 72 games that's been officially confirmed and announced to be coming to the luna platform for release um you guys look through that list right and maybe i'll pull it up here but What's your take on these games coming to Luna? These being the games that they launch with, right? So to get started, Duncan, what's what's your take on these seventy-two games that we know of right now for Luna? Yeah, these seventy-two games, which are listed, do not include the fifty. At the, sorry, the at least fifty games coming from uh, Ubisoft. Again, there, there there's been a couple more added here. It was sixty something last week when it was first launched, but it looks like a couple more has been added on. And again, it's just a mix of a range of them. There's some AAA ones, uh, but they're mostly uh, indie games. And again, what they've said about it, they're all created, so they are actually choosing which games are coming to the system. Uh, there's some real. Good games, like we, we, we talked about Control last week. Uh, we've got the tennis games, which are out there. Uh, one of them tennis games is actually just released. We've got the Plague Tale. Uh, we've also got some of the party games, like Over Overcooked 2. And so, so there's some real games you could just dive into and just have a laugh with. And then you've got that. You've got Resident Evil and also you've got, you've got the big name publishers are supporting this from day one and this this just seems to be grown daily so if you add this all up together and i think we most of us are in agreement that uh, ubisoft channel is coming this year so that's going to get them well over the 120 game mark before the end of the year which is just absolutely nuts if they follow through and get all their ubisoft games on so I, I'm actually excited to see what, what's going to happen here and how the service plays out. There, There is just a good mix of games here, and there will be one or two at least you, you would be interested in playing, I would, I would think. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, 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 I guess I'll give my thoughts in a bit, but just checking with you, uh, Jerry, what's your take on, on these games and now, some two games that we know of? Luna. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's good because there's uh, we say this a lot with stuff. There is something here for everybody. Um, we've even got like Control and some of the other games in here that are going to be good. I mean, thank goodness the Steam World games are on here. Just thank goodness because we couldn't live without those. Um, 
sorry, they pop up on every single service day yeah. <laughs> instantly. Yeah. But there, there's just a lot of, of good stuff here. When you're talking about that channel, that's that's going to be the channel that's like what I'll call the uh, the entry point channel or where you're going to get a lot of indie games, uh, a lot of stuff to kind of choose from. And then when it comes to the bigger games, you're going to have like the Uplay or the EA or whatever channels uh, we wind up getting. But just uh, the sheer amount of games uh, is is looking really good for launch. And that's just that, that channel's worth of games. Launch day games are looking to line up really well, even for AAA. Okay, okay. How about you, Ben? What's your take on these games coming? I mean, it's a lot of the same games that are on Stadia Pro, but cheaper. So to me, I mean, it's you get you get a new product that you know is cheaper that you know halfway between the free and the the Pro. For Stadia, you have to play the same games. So, like all the SteamWorld games, which you know Jerry was just making fun of, but they're they're actually kind of fun um, if you ever actually sit down and play them. I Steam play them on games. Switch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are. It, it is a fun franchise for sure. How about you, Mark? What's your take on these games coming to Luna? Well, uh, Jerry stole my answer and my SteamWorld dick joke. So. <laughs> um, I agree for an entry. This is what they are probably most likely kind of marketing as the variety because there is a good, decent uh, variety of games in there. Like we said, there's like the party type games. There's just enough kind of AAA large games to justify the price so that it's not all indie titles. Um, and there's a nice variety of, of publishers in there as well, which kind of gives me confidence in the developer support for the um for the platform already and yeah i agree those larger AAA titles the you know the stuff coming out towards the end of this year your cyberpunks your uh, watchdogs legion all of those will come under um channels actually thinking about this during the week i actually thought that a cd project red channel would actually do really Ooh. well on this yeah with the witcher titles um cyberpunk cyberpunks yeah, yeah. um so yeah, that that's where I think you'll find the 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 bigger ones. And I think I read that um, Luna Plus, which is all of these games, is an optional subscription. So you don't need this base subscription to then take out a channel. So if you just wanted to play uh, Valhalla, for example, and you know the other Ubisoft titles, you can just take out that channel without the five ninety nine base subscription Ooh. for Luna, which is pretty good. That is cool. That's true. That's pretty. That big. is cool. Mm. I wonder though, how how much do you think this will cost? Just if you were to guess, how much they'll charge for like an Ubisoft channel? Thoughts. Fourteen ninety nine. I could fa- I, between ninety nine and fourteen ninety nine, but I would not be surprised for fifteen bucks, and I'd I'd be fine with that on a channel like that. I pay that for you play plus on uh, on PC anyway. If it's going to have enough titles, if it's if it's yeah. going to be there, I was going to say they would they would need the back catalog day one for that price. If it was starting off with a, a smaller catalog, it would start off at a lower price and then slowly increase with it, kind of like what Game Pass has, has just done with their increase. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think they were pitching fifty Ubisoft titles on the Ubisoft channel by the end of early access, so that would probably be enough to justify it. However. I'm playing. I'm paying UPlay Plus as it is, so I'm more interested to see whether that ports to Luna and will port to Stadia as well. Because if I wanted to play 
you play games on Stadia and Luna and PC, and or have that option at least. I don't want to be paying three times. Yeah, yeah. That's just going to be ridiculous. So, you know, I think the Luna Plus subscription is an interesting one. It's like I said, a base one, but also it is an entry price. So I can see that easily going up to nine 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 later down the line. But the fact that it's an optional subscription definitely changes the game a bit, I think, because then you could just play the Ubisoft games for a month or two and then switch channel and then maybe hop onto grid or control for a bit. So I think it's a very interesting one. My concern at the moment is we've still not seen any gameplay. They are definitely building the hype on the hype yeah. train. Yeah. But I'm still sticking to my guns that we're not going to see this till at least the first quarter of next year because all the articles several months ago said that Luna's delayed, Amazon Games delayed until 2021, say. I don't think Europe or anybody else is really going to see this until next year. And it's been announced, what, for a week or two now? And there is no mention of anybody actually getting one of those invites. So I think they're still in their uh, lead gathering stage. So I'm hoping they prove me wrong, but I'm still reserving all judgment until I see this 1080p. Uh, virtual machine booting from a browser performing well. Yeah, we'll get to Xbox after this uh, Game Pass game streaming, and that's a, a big concern for me right now with Luna. Right? Yes, it looks good. There's a lot of hype around it, but realistically, if it performs poorly, then who cares? Right? Like. No one's going to really play these games if it has a terrible performance. Um, but again, we have to test it out to to see that. But Holtz, what's your take on these seven two games coming? Of course, it's a great entry price for people who actually want this many games or have never played these games. But for me, I find it very lackluster out of the 72. I can only probably name five. Grid, Yisei, Crimoza of Dana, Dinim. Castlevania and the Yokoleles, they're the only five I can name that if I wanted to jump in. But I'm a bit scared that they'll rotate out too fast before I can actually finish them. So part of me is a bit scared to invest in the price just in case I won't have the time to actually finish them. So is, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. So I'd rather buy the games on a, like a stadia platform where I've got enough time to do whatever I want. Yeah. And of course I want I want like you know, the Witcher to come, and I want Ubisoft, and I want all these games, but at the moment, if they're not 4K HDR, then I, I have no um, interest to dive into these channels until they actually confirm that these big games that I want to play is in a quality and standard that I want. Truth. So if they're offering you Cyberpunk um, on Luna, right, where you're, again, like 1080p, you you paying $15 a month to get CD Projekt Red, you know, catalog of games, but it's only limited to 1080p, no HDR. You're not sold on that, huh? No. Okay. Have they even said that the Legion's RTX or Control, does that have RTX? Because oh, I've not seen any mention that's, of that's RTX at all. They, they do support ray tracing on Luna. They haven't announced what games are going to have it, but I'm assuming any ray trace game should yeah. have it on day one. But they do say um, in their little thing about their power, their 8.1 teraflops or whatever, that it's, uh, it is ray tracing capable hardware that they're running. Because we know, obviously, GeForce now has control ray tracing. Ray tracing. And they've confirmed that Legion and Cyberpunk are coming with ray tracing day My one. My goodness. 
Luna could be the only cloud service to compete with that, but we'll just have to see what happens we'll because I still think GeForce Now is going to be the the cheapest, easiest way yeah. to do ray tracing. But yeah, and even if they do offer it, GeForce Now is still cheaper, five dollars compared to six. Just anyway, well, you have to, to buy the game, but then oh, you got UPlay Plus. Uh-huh. I've got UPlay Plus. I'm paying extra fiver, and I'm paying on GeForce Now. With true. The ray true. Uh, anyone? Did I miss anyone with the seventy-two games coming to Luna? Someone's no. Got everyone. Yeah. All right. So cool. the only thing I want to address quickly is the portability. I said I'd save it for the Luna section. Um, I think Mark and quite a few other people have also mentioned about it's easier to port to Luna because it's a Windows-based operating mm-hmm. system. Uh, only if they already ported it to Windows. Um, if it was a previously supported platform for one two that's only true of the older games and that's probably why you're seeing quite a lot being chucked into the Luna plus bucket because they are older games pretty much all new games i've heard are built on vulcan and vulcan is a cross-platform system like unity it's not specifically for linux it's the reason why Stadia went for the Linux Vulkan is because it runs a lot leaner than on a Windows machine, and that's why those load times are so much better on Stadia, because it's a headless implementation of Vulkan. Um, take Rainbow Six Siege, take um, you'll see it on quite a lot of the Ubisoft titles for sure, that it installs and you have the option of running a Windows version or a Vulkan version, and you'll find that the Vulkan versions run a lot quicker and smoother. So Stadia went for the future-proofing long game, and that's why you don't see a lot of the older games, I think, on Stadia. But you will see a lot more of the newer games coming. So it's easier to port old games, for sure. But newer games is just as much effort for Windows or Linux, because it should be using Vulkan already. So, Chief, what do you think... When it comes to games porting over to Luna, we already know that with Stadia we're getting console anytime i test a game from that's been out it's a console port you can just tell by testing it wasn't the pc version it's a console version that they brought over which is fine there's nothing wrong with that do you think luna is going to also get console versions of games or are they going to get the pc versions of games i think it's going to be whatever they can so if somebody's got it on a matching system and it's console port that's what it's going to get i would hope it's more close to geforce now and you get the pc models uh, because then obviously you've got PC crossplay by default, and then you've got yeah, it helps the player base, base like tremendous. That's why that's one of the reasons why I was asking you because the player base is just it changes everything as well. But yeah, but I think going forwards, everything's going crossplay, so I don't think that that's going to matter for a lot of new games going forward. But the ones that have kind of missed that cutoff point, it, they're just going to be segregated platforms. Anyone else want to add to Luna? We're going to hop right into xCloud or Game Pass game streaming. Um, so not a lot of news for xCloud other than we got a list of games that are coming to the platform for October for Game Pass. Something to take into consideration is not all these games are going to be Game Pass, I mean, Cloud xCloud, Game Pass streaming enabled, but... Again, some pretty cool games here. We're getting Bethesda, the first official Bethesda game since the acquisition. Doom Eternal is now a game that you can play on Game Pass and xCloud. Um, 
And then we have Dark Hollow, we have Brutal Legends, we have Forza Motorsport 7, and Inkfell. I've never heard of that game before. But these are the games that are coming to Game Pass for the month of October. Just want to know, do these games excite you guys? Are you guys going to play any of them? Hey, they're free, right? So, but the big one that I want to talk about is Doom Eternal. How does that perform on Game Pass? Have you guys tried it? To get started, Holt, what's your take on these games? Game well, Pass? I've not played Doom Eternal on um, xCloud yet. Should I say the cloud service, yeah. But to see it come to this platform only in six months really excites me because it's such a big AAA title for me. And it's huge, action-packed, it's gory. It's something that I really want to take on the go and, and show people. Like, look, this is Microsoft's cloud service, or this is what you can get free on Game Pass. So it's something that I would really hype up and recommend anyone to play. Of course, the other games that I really like, I love Forza Motorsport 7. I'm not really a big card enthusiast, but I do actually like playing you know, a, simple, a nice game that looks very graphically pretty and the mechanics are very well, the weather and stuff like that. So I'm really interested in playing that on the go also or it becomes free. And then another one that I'm really, really, really excited for it was Brutal Legends. You know, I think this is just an amazing game. It follows like a character called um, Ricky um, Eddie Ricks, and he, he's a roadie. It's like a sort of comedy game, and he gets sucked into a post-apocalyptic world where humans have been enslaved by demons. And it's up to sort of Jack Black's character, with the help of like Lemmy and Ozzy Osbourne, for the power of heavy metal to slay the demons. And it's just so bizarre, but it's, <laughs> it's so colourful, yeah. and it's such a good soundtrack that for people who actually like them kinds of genres of games where you drive around destroying stuff, hack and slash, or or the people would like that kind of music, it's great for them. Um, I showed my younger family members, Drake Hollow, you know, they love all that building, exploration, civilization, management, but it's not something that I would personally play, but adding it to the game passes is a great huge thing for them people who like it, and then there was, a, there was one more that I really had interest in, uh, fell. I love me turn-based RPGs, tactical RPGs, and this one is about like troublesome students from like a sort of magical school, and it's about lost love and stuff like that. And it just reminds you like Harry Potter meets Final Fantasy one to six. So it's sprite-based, turn-based, and it's something that I can see myself really downloading and playing because it's stuff like that I like, sort of like Octopath Traveler and stuff like that. So I will be having a look at them games. Nice, nice, cool, cool. How about you, Jerry? What's your take on these games? Have you tried Doom Eternal X Cloud? First, I gotta say, Holtz could do an entire YouTube channel telling me about games that aren't necessarily mainstream games, and I'm gonna watch every minute of that video. And then he always gets me hyped to yeah. play stuff I would never normally play. I really, I love how you describe that stuff. Um, yeah, Doom Eternal. I did fire that up on the Shield TV Pro. I, I know. She's been having some trouble with, uh, well, not with xCloud as much with Stadia, but I've been having weird, weird, crazy things with that side loaded. But Doom Eternal did not get me. And uh, the AI upscaling was freaking great. So I was playing that on a 65-inch TV, just streaming it uh, right there. And then I also jumped over because I downloaded it on my Xbox and checked it out there on my One X. And, of course, I could see the difference. But, man, another reason why we were talking about keeping the Shield TV Pro is that AI upscaling, even on 720p, so on a 65-inch TV, yeah. still looked really good sitting about 12 feet away because right. my living room's like 18 feet, but I try to get closer. Um, 
so yeah definitely tried it out on there uh, i don't have a mobile device right now to check it out on but it definitely didn't give me any trouble there um a lot of people were speculating that this is because of the bethesda thing and from what i understand this was coming anyway but it's yeah. it's cool that it all happened uh at the same time and it's pc in what december um it's coming to game pass pc and that i'm really excited about because i want to do some some videos around that so i'm just waiting for uh game pass without without buying anything and then the other one for me is uh Forza Motorsport 7, that's going to come to PC as well, Game Pass. I'm really excited to try that out on what kind of performance it's going to get on the, all the different rigs, like maximum settings, shadow, my local build, and that kind of stuff. Because like Holtz, I don't play a lot of racing games, but I, I enjoy those. And uh, so definitely looking forward to that, to PC. A lot to look forward to with Game Pass. I'm most hyped for Microsoft and Game Pass this year. Like the further we get into the year, I've gotten, went from less hyped about Microsoft to like yeah. basically I almost don't even care about the PS5 coming out. Like I'm really like pretty invested into game pass and xbox and microsoft and the series x coming and all that kind of stuff so i've even got my gpu and my ps5 kind of on hold a little bit right now while i'm while i'm paying attention to this stuff microsoft's doing a really good job of uh, of getting the hype back and of just putting value to gamers that you almost can't refuse you almost have to buy it yeah so <laughs> yeah good point good point how about you mark what's your take on these x cloud or game pass games well, now I'm super excited because I thought Doom Eternal was just coming to Game Pass for Xbox. I knew it wasn't coming to PC. I knew it was coming to the Xbox. Didn't realize it was coming to xCloud or Game Pass <laughs> Street. They, they need to sort this name out because I, I have struggled yeah. with this week in, week out. I know you guys do as well. Um, but now I'm super, super hyped to, to give it a try because this is one I skipped out on um at the time i was playing too many other things when it came out and i've been waiting for it to hit a service that i'm already subscribed to now it's here i i wish it wasn't the one that i can only play on my phone at the moment and after that description it makes me want to invest in a shield tv pro for other reasons as well the the upscaling stuff is starting to uh is starting to draw me in but um yeah, like the entire ecosystem they're building out now, like uh, like Holt said, you know, the game is less than six months old. To have it come to a service like this, you know, as part of a subscription, a game this big is is pretty amazing. Um, the rest of the games, Drake Hollow actually kind of caught my eye when I covered it in the in, in my roundup video today. Um, it just looked kind of fun, so I might actually check it out. That one is on Game Pass for PC, so it'll be super easy to give that one a try. And Brutal Legend, I was a massive fan of back in the day. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that becoming available on a, on a system that I can you know, have a go of it again. Cool. Yeah, Brutal Legends is a fun classic, man. If you guys haven't checked that out. Yeah. Cool. How about you, Duncan? What's your take on Doom Eternal coming to Game Pass? I've had it on the Xbox. I haven't had it on the phone. So <laughs> I will be at I've just had it on the Xbox one x enjoyed it but it's really good to see it coming uh like jerry said i don't think this is anything to do with the bethesda deal this has been on the works for a, a while because uh, doesn't the bethesda deal not to get, get cleared until next year anyway until it's all 100 percent. so i think this is already in the pipeline so i don't think it's to do with that but always good more games coming to xbox and uh, as Mark said as well, Holtz, Holtz is uh, amazing with this. He, or, or Jerry, uh, gets you hyped up with these games you haven't heard of, and they go, yep, I want to play that. You should definitely do a channel, Holtz. Come on. I, 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 I feel like every week I tune in, and I'm like, I look through the list, and I'm like, yes, yes, a game. 
and I'm like, oh, I'm I can name the podcast going. They're going to talk about control. They're going to do this. And I'm, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure you go down the list going, Holtz has got that one called. He's got that one. So, I've never heard of it. Holtz oh, one. yeah. I'm pretty sure he's got that one called. Oh, so. man. No, you really should consider doing a YouTube channel, man. Yeah, you just call it like Holtz Vision or something. Oh, there you go. There you go. Ben, how about you? What's your take on these Game Pass games? Well... I mean, I'll probably play Doom Eternal. It's not really it's it's a little too fast paced for for like my style. I like the more slow, story driven, casual type games. But I'll probably pick it up and play it a little bit just to see what all the fuss is about since it's there. Okay. Okay. Um have you you didn't play Doom Eternal in Stadia? No, I never bought it just because okay. it's not it's not really my type of Your game. Type of game. Okay, and so sense. I just didn't feel like spending that much money on it. Yeah, again, this is where Game Pass shines, right? Just bringing these games in, pretty much giving people a cheap option to test it out. Especially if you're already a member, right? Hey, mm-hmm. why not? Dope. Cool, cool. How about you, Chief? What's your take on these Game Pass games? Uh, I definitely agree, and I made this comment earlier in the Sadia section about when we start seeing you know, big AAA titles coming pro, then they're definitely switching up their model. Yeah, for Xbox Game Pass to get a AAA title into its subscription model that's not a first-party title, well done. Very well-timed on the announcement what, yeah. a week or two before the Bethesda buyout deal. Hey! Look how quick we can move. <laughs> move him the Bethesda thing. Worry everybody else. So, yeah, it must have been in the works for quite some time beforehand, but fair play to them. Well-timed. Good yeah. marketing. I'll leave it there. Um, as far as Doom Eternal is concerned, I've only got a mobile to play it on um, because it's not coming to PC yet, so I'll be interested to see when it comes to PC. However, that is one of the few titles I have bought and completed on Stadia. So I played Doom Eternal all the way through in 4K HDR uh, on my TV. So absolutely love Doom Eternal. Fast paced, rocky music, absolute blast. Hate Marauders, stupid Marauders. Should never been in the game. But if you ever play it, you'll find out and you'll Such know why. Such a pain. They are evil. Yeah. But uh, I'm quite interested to see how it performs. I kind of don't want to do a mobile comparison because I know it's going to be trash. Um, <laughs> Stadia can do... 10K60, uh, 108060 yeah. with HDR, you know, X Cloud 720. <laughs> I know it's quite hard to tell on a phone, but you'll be able to tell, I think, quite easily. So I might do a comparison on that, but I'm more interested to see when it comes to PC and if they can give that high res on PC because Stadia can push that 4K60 um, on Doom. That was one of their big selling points for that game. So It'll be very interesting to see what that quality is like when it goes to Xbox Game Pass. The other games, not really my cup of tea. Um, I've got far too much other games to play at the moment. So uh, it's it's getting quite crazy with all these services now. There's so many good games to play. I don't think I've been playing more than a few hours of each title before I've kind of moved on to try the next one or you know, build content for the next thing. So I'm definitely hyped that uh, I've got an Xbox Series X coming, so it's definitely compare these games. So for things like Doom Eternal, big games coming to Xbox Game Pass, 
definitely a lot to do in future. So lots of 4K games coming. Cool, cool. So I played this game on Game Pass, xCloud, game streaming, and I have to say Microsoft has a problem, guys. And here's my deal, right? If I'm testing cloud for the first time through Game Pass and that is the experience I'm getting, my first reaction is this is how a state is going to perform. This is how GeForce Now is going to perform. And my experience with Doom on Game Pass was not good. It's a lot of latency, a lot of stuff that actually made the game less enjoyable for me. I went back to playing it on Stadia because it was a better experience. And so we were talking about Luna earlier, and I was saying that's going to be a big factor if it runs like crap. No one is going to want to play games on there. And I feel like I, I know they're going to update the service with Series X Blade next year, but the experience for xCloud right now is terrible. It's not good. It's not good. And I feel like overall it does cloud gaming a disservice. But I want to open it up to the panel. What do y'all's take on experience with xCloud so far? I agree. <laughs> because I've been playing it. Um more than so basically after the increase increase of price price of uh game pass and i saw the small increase from the new game pass price to the ultimate price i went to that and i've now been playing xcloud more than before before it was just in the beta and i was just testing it out so i've been playing it quite a lot this week i've been playing journey to the savage planet it's an okay experience in terms of everything else that we talk about, in terms of performance, it is not up there. And it is concerning that it is probably going to be one of, you know, with how well they do at marketing and uh, including it in this ecosystem, which is going to have so many hundreds of thousands of however many players in, this may be a lot of people's first experience in cloud gaming, and that is concerning. And then I only just remembered that I had, it's been such a week, that I made a video on it this week, that as part of the Bethesda deal, they may have acquired some of Bethesda's streaming technologies, which could have helped this out, something called Orion. Um, so just because it was a whole video. So just to, to sum it up for anyone who didn't see it, it's essentially uh, something that id Software and Bethesda engineers have developed, which instead of trying to improve streaming performance at a hardware level, which most streaming platforms will do, they'll just throw more into the server rack and, and try and sort out the performance that way. They target it at a game engine level, at a software level, and have stated that it's so good that they can get Doom. I think it was Doom. It was uh, BE3 last year, so it was Doom 2016 at this point. But they got Doom to stream at 4K, 60 FPS um, over, like, crappy internet and people who are far away from data centers. Um, And it's something that was that it sounded like it was done. I'm not sure where they were going in terms of implementation, but I've got a feeling it's now owned by Microsoft. So it's something that could, because it's the one area they're struggling in. It's the 720, it's the 30 FPS cap. It's the performance of the streaming. Everywhere else, the ecosystem is great. The catalog is great. The streaming performance they need help on, they may have just got it. Nice, nice. Good to know. Good to know. 
Jerry, you want in on this? Microsoft doesn't want everyone to know how good their streaming is going to become. But uh, no, it, it really is. You're, it's such good points because Ace is right. If it's how all cloud gaming is going to be, that part's not necessarily good. But a lot of people know that the X Cloud is really just kind of coming in to go with Game Pass. A lot of people know what the experience is like. I mean, to be honest, I said in the first uh, six months or longer, Stadia should have been in beta. So it'll it'll get better. And sometimes you got to release something and get it out there. And I think Chief had mentioned this before that, you know, they're going to get it out there and let people start experiencing it. And even if it's not the best experience and then build build upon that. And $7.5 billion is getting them some of the best game franchises there are, but it's also getting them some other really good stuff. So uh, we're going to be having interesting conversations uh, if we're all still here next year doing this about what's going on with cloud gaming for sure and where everybody's at. That's awesome. We are just watching the it being born this year. Like cloud gaming is really just being yeah. born this year. So I mean, right. it's it's only going to get more exciting with what all these companies are going to do. And some people are going to suck when they first come out, but it's it's going to get better for everybody across the board as we get better at building these platforms. Good point, Duncan. Thoughts on this? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> uh, my thoughts are uh, it's what well, I've been banging on, but it's going to be content. People will give. XCloud a buy ball with some all of its problems because the content is better and you may not like that but, <laughs> but Stadia runs better no one can actually say that but people will probably prefer to play the games on Game Pass and that's why they're getting a buy ball and as Jerry said there beta 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 gets them so many <laughs> buy balls it's unreal and that's going to be same with Luna as well when that Luna launches they're going to be going this is a beta this is early access we're going to have issues it comes down to PR marketing and they've got it sorted and it's a value add, added service as well so this isn't their main service this is just something which is tacked on to Game Pass Ultimate so again Microsoft have played this extremely smart good good thoughts yeah, not to mention that they've got the whole download model. So they've kind of catered for both, That's haven't true. they? So you can either stream your game or you can download and install it true. from PC if you've true, got true. PC or your Xbox. So they are true. definitely covering Paul, the to you, what, what's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, usually when I see the Game Pass games, I only give it a slide when I see the games at 720, but I can play on the Switch. So all the games I can play on the Switch, I sort of go, oh, I don't mind that being on 720. But then when it's AAA titles like Doom or Forza yeah. Motor Sports 7 or even the games going forward, I have to say, well, 720 is a bit low for me to enjoy. So yeah. I want them to really push it home. I mean, I've, I've invested for three years now, so I really want them to push it further and further for me so I can actually start comparing it by going, well, Stage is doing 4K HDR, and I would like Microsoft to do exactly the same. I want, I want, I want them each to push each other further and further. You know, one gives better graphics, one gives better frame rates, one gives this, one gives that. That's one. It's one cloud to be successful. True. Sorry. Sorry. Um, true. True. I, I do think it's good for competition. Like you were saying, one will push the other one further. And again, Microsoft... I feel like needs to get their ish together, but I feel like once they do, it'll be good for its competitors. Too. I think it's I think it's great what they've done. Build content first, bring the studios, and then focus on resolution. I think because yeah. a lot of people are definitely not going to have 4K phones. They're not going to have right. HDR compatible phones. So it's great what they're doing, and all they have to say is, in time, it will progress. True. 
and again, genius for putting a beta or early access to it, right? Because now people know this is not what the final product is going to be. They're going to work to make it better. Cool, cool. Ben, last person in this. What's your what's your take on this? Um, I agree with everything people are saying. Like especially like Holt's talking about the the resolution. Like you know, it's great having the games focus first because that's going to get people back in or get people in to begin with. Um, <laughs> but you know, they they've got to work quickly on the resolution. Um, we're starting to see, you know, people have had patience with Stadia having the tech, but not the games. But that patience is starting to run out very quickly. Um, it's, it's lasted them a year, and people are starting to give up. Um, and, and Microsoft, I think, has seen that timeline. I yeah. don't think they're going to take a year to do all the changes. I think yeah. it's going to be more like six months. But, um, yeah. Cool. 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 All right, so Shadow Max Settings, not a lot going on. So you guys know, um, people are still struggling to get Shadow going after um, the delays that has been going on with Shadow. And Mark, if there's any news info, let us know on here. But experience with Max Settings have been pretty good. I'm sure you've heard a lot of people on here test it out against a good alternative if you are kind of struggling to get on Shadow right now. Um, but no major news. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I was just gonna shout out. Wait, this this guy. <clears throat> if you checked out his video, um, there is an update on that front in terms of okay. uh, activations. Some good news on that front for a lot of the U.S. data centers. The activation time is actually down to almost twenty four hours in some of oh. those states, which is pretty impressive. It is Europe that is struggling, but it's where. The demand is higher. It's, it's a European company, essentially, is where it branches from. And there's less data centers to cater to a, a wider geographical area, essentially. So we're, we're still behind on that in terms of if you pre-order now, it's still February 2021 for EU. But US, they're putting some, you know, they're, they're pouring gas on that fire. Nice, nice. Yeah, um, Chicago and Texas on that 24-hour, if anybody was wow. curious. And um, I've also gotten so many messages recently of people that were told November or December, and they just got activated like oh. it's in the U.S. So there are things moving more rapidly here. Right. So I've been telling people, look, don't hesitate. If it says November, December, just sign up. You can always cancel because there's a good chance you're going to get it sooner. And, uh, yeah, pretty interesting with what they're doing. Awesome. This is one bit of good news for Europe, are you right, Mark? Yeah, so US got good news on activation. Europe got n good news in that we have additional storage. Yes, you do, oh. bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, additional storage for anyone who is a user is uh, $2.99 a month for uh, additional on top of your monthly subscription for an additional 256 gigs added to your uh, device as an additional drive. And that could be stacked up to eight times. You can technically add another two terabytes on top of your uh, on top of your machine. I don't know if I was lucky or smart when I grabbed the extra storage when back in like June or July, yeah. I got my service activated in June. And then like a week, week or two later, I was like, this isn't enough storage. I'm going to grab it. And the next thing I see, everybody is like talking about delays and nobody had storage. And I'm like, I didn't even know that was going to happen. I was just lucky to grab it when I did. Storage goes quick. US have always, yeah. US has always had a lot of storage. EU has been, really struggling i think because that demand's been a bit higher so i think eu's been with, without additional storage for about six months now so Dang. it was definitely well received 
So do you think these changes that are going on with EU getting uh, storage and then just in US being able to get it a lot faster, do you think that change has happened because of the change in management, the new uh, CEO takeover? Or do you feel like this is just something on your roadmap that's happening? I think it's something like the world slightly returned to normal for a bit. Okay. Okay. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I. Yeah, things like that, you know, the new CEO and CTO, they've been in place for, what, two, three weeks now. It, they're probably still getting acclimated to everything. It takes much longer than that, to in, in, especially in the, you know, uh, acquiring hardware for data centers. <laughs> it takes months and months and months. So it's it's stuff that they're constantly working on. They know where the demand is. Um, they hear people's comments on, like, uh, new hardware and activation times and additional storage, and they're constantly working towards it. So. Yeah, I will say the the shadow people are very interactive on their Reddit and on their yep. Discord servers. They they respond to comments pretty quickly. Yeah, they also have a forum that they encourage a lot of people to mm. go to to gather information on when your service will be available. So check that out if you haven't yet. But we got fifteen minutes. Just want to get to the questions. Uh, we see some of you guys asking questions here. Um, so, Chief, anyone pop out to you? Yeah, Mark back. He's uh, been with us pretty much from the start. So, thanks for that. Uh, do you think Apple will make their own streaming service? I know that um, Duncan's posted something in um, here. I don't know if you want to pop that up, but yeah. um, Duncan's firm believer. I think that there is, and I'll let him talk about that in a second. I actually think the opposite. I think the change in the Apple terms of service kind of put more cement in the fact that they don't want to do a streaming service. Um, they are going to the subscription market. They are pushing this one subscription for Apple Arcade and everything Apple um, starting probably next month when they finally announce when they're going to announce some new phones. But I, they want people to download stuff and you're not going to be able to download AAA titles to your phone um, even with two, five, six gig, you know, you're going to run out of space really quickly with some photos and some other bits. I really don't think that they're going to get that great at titles. I think the things that they're talking about here are going to be more mobile specific games, maybe some of the slightly larger MMOs like Black Desert Mobile or something. They might be able to roll in and take away these in app purchases. But I, I don't think that it's going to be a rival to Stadia or xCloud or anything like that, personally. I think they're going for the subscription model and no amount of money that Apple want to throw at it is going to rival the other streaming services on that front. The only thing I would counter that with is we did have the patent for the Apple Cloud Gaming Service. So it must be in their thoughts a bit anyway that there may be uh, that coming down the line. So I would also call out a history of Apple painting stuff just to block other things or attempt to block other things. Yeah, but I'm just giving that as well. But I, I wouldn't surprise me if Apple got involved either because they are another sleeping giant in the gaming sphere and they would probably want to get some of that money as well. Yeah. The way Apple does things, they take their sweet old time. I mean, look at Apple and Apple TV, right? It took a little bit to get their streaming thing going. I mean, Google's been doing it with 
YouTube TV, but eventually they did it, and theirs came out to be pretty good. That's what they do. They wait to perfect things and then release it when it's ready to be released. So this might be something we see them release like a year from now, you know, but I think eventually they will get into this game. So, Well, I thought Apple was going to bring their own service, you know, a few months back, but then with them working, pushing Apple TV on, on sort of Xbox and the Microsoft store, part of me is thinking now going, well, if they're pushing Apple TV with Microsoft, maybe Microsoft will say, well, return the fave and let us have Game Pass on there. So I think they're going to step back and just let other clients go on there. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, next. Is Stadia Pro priced too high? This is from Nemecas. I think it should be $7.99 tops. Currently, I just don't see the value. Way too many indie games and don't need high res in a way for AAA games. In the same way AAA games do. So who wants to take this one? Any thoughts? Yeah, I Duncan, mean, I, I've been smiling, but yeah, going back. Um, no, I I agree. It's a little too high for the the games that they have on there. Um, I really want to have that 4K HDR, but I just can't justify paying ten bucks a month just to have that because I don't really have time to sit and play the programs for more than thirty to forty five minutes. Um between work and kid and all that stuff. I'd, I'd rather put my time into like Marvel's Avengers and Assassin's Creed Odyssey and focus on games that I actually want to play that I have to buy. So I, I think 999 just to have 4K resolution is a little too high. If you're playing all the pro games and you're actually getting them, it, it might be worth it, but I, I think I agree 799 is a better price point. I, I think personally... $10 a month is a steal for what you're getting for Google Pro. Um, it's just, you're getting a lot. I mean, discounts on some pretty good games. They've upped it to six games a month now. It's just insane what you're getting for $10 a month. Um, I don't think it's, I mean, then you look at xCloud of 15 before the Bethesda acquisition, you could make the argument that that was too much. But hopefully, like, Stadia can get to the point where they're offering, you know, similar to what, you know, Microsoft's offering. But I, I don't think so much. I think it's actually a pretty good price point. That's my take on it. I'm in two minds because for nine ninety nine, with the number of games we've been getting recently, six games for nine ninety nine is a good steal. If you ask anyone, do you want six games for nine ninety nine? Absolutely, yes. It is when you do take a step back and do kind of look at some of those games. And I know the variety has been good, uh, and they're trying to cast a wide net, so there is a little bit of something in there for everyone. But you also do that thing where if you you know you try to please everyone, you end up pleasing no one because, well, I I only like this like one game out of these six or two or three out of the six. In which case, at an individual level, like just speaking as a consumer, paying that $9.99 for the amount of those titles that I've played makes it seem high in my opinion. So I'm very two-minded on it. Oh, interesting. Good and time. a lot of people mentioning as well about the 4K HDR that a lot of people can't use it. Either they don't have a 4K HDR TV because they didn't get a Chromecast, they're playing on a computer, Mac or phone which isn't 4K. And I think it probably is still 
suffice to say that the majority of gamers still game at 1080p. So it, I think it is probably, again, more of a future model. But maybe it is a little bit too soon. Maybe they should have done that 4K HDR as a, a separate tier or something. But I can see why people are thinking, you know, pro games, okay, 4K HDR, don't care. But hmm. what do you think, Duncan? Oh. oh, you actually want me to say, oh, that this must be bad then. <laughs> uh, value is in the eye of the beholder. It's uh, the games on the system. If I would, f- for me, if I was just paying the ten or the ten dollars a month for just the pro games, I I feel I'd be ripped off. To be perfectly honest, I am paying the Stadia Pro for the four K HDR. If you're if you're not. <laughs> It's really, really difficult, and Stadia have sort of boxed themselves into the corner. Where I don't want to harp back to Luna and back to Microsoft here. They have came out with their pricing model, and Luna have been doing it early access price five ninety nine. If if Stadia Pro was uh, five ninety nine, I don't think anybody would be complaining at all. It's it's again, I don't mind paying the money for the four K HDR. For the pro, if I was just paying off just for the pro games, if I if I, if I was a ten eighty p gamer, I would be really disappointed with the value, in my opinion. True, true. I'm actually with Chief. I think the 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 best solution to that is probably an extra tier. So you have the free tier, then there's a, I guess like a semi pro tier, which is you get the pro games, but you don't get the four K HDR because not everyone needs it, and then you have the pro tier, which is the pro games and the HDR. See, I, I can justify it because I'm all in for the 4K HDR and the discounts. I think the discounts that I get on annual, well, nearly a year, justifies the price I put to it. And then when I look at other subscriptions, I am not paying for internet like PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live. So I can justify that divert of money to sort of focus on the 4K HDR or the better features. True. True. I think, again, having a middle tier is, is not a bad option, too. Um, okay. But I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be selfish. If you're going to give us a middle tier, give us a better tier. More, you know, for people who've got the capability, more frame rates, better graphics. That's, let, let us up it. That's true. So, you know, That's give, true. Me, give, me, give me 6.5K and so many. You know, let's see how we can max out our bandwidth. So if yeah, if they're gonna give us a middle tier, they've gotta up the what you get for ten dollars a month, right? Just again, bring they should just bring what they're given to middle and then give us more. Um I don't know. I don't know. But it's interesting. I, I think it's a good question, good conversation to have for sure. Sorry guys, my phone just keep playing by itself. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know if you guys are hearing that, but it just it's like just a ghost in here. All right, never mind. I... <laughs> it's okay if you want to watch videos, Ace. So it's All okay. Right. Do we do we have another question? Uh, no, no more cool. actual questions from this section. Perfect, perfect. Good on time. All right. Um, this was good. Not a lot of news again for cloud gaming this week, but I felt like we had some pretty good discussions and conversations i just want to give members on here just a chance to plug the channels um hold 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 up we did get um a super chat earlier today 
I just want to say thank you. I don't know if we covered that on here yet, but uh, we didn't. It was from Scania. Uh, he's a, a long-time supporter, so yeah. Oh, cool. So me. yeah, appreciate that. Again, if you guys didn't know, whatever subchat is given this podcast is shared among uh, the members of this panel. Um, so it's a good way if you follow any of these guys and want to show support, it's a good way to do that. But again, thank you, Scania. I think that's how you say your name for the subchat. Um, but that's our episode this week. Again, want to give the members on here just a chance to plug the channel. So to get started, Duncan, what do you do? Where can people find you? I get started in the, on Twitter at one to escape and you can find me at Cloudy with Games as well. Cool. cool. How about you, Ben? What do you do and where can people find you? I think you find me all over Discord. I'm in a lot of Stadia Discords, um, either as Ben or as Poseipides. Um, uh, yeah, it's, that's where I'm at. Um, you'll see me active on there. That name is dope, by the way. Um, Jerry, what do you do and where can people find you, sir? Yeah. YouTube, discord, Twitter, uh, game tech planet, game testing, hardware testing, and this. (laughs) Cool. Cool. Mark, what do you do and where can people find you? Firstly, Chris says that uh, Ben wins best hair of the panel, but I don't think that's fair because some of us are wearing hats, but okay. <laughs> uh, but you can get me at MarkWatsVLGS over on Twitter and MarkWatsVLG on YouTube for Cloud Gaming News, uh, some VR stuff, and occasionally I cover tech. I actually got one the works at the moment for whatever the hell these are. What are those, sir? <laughs> you can find out if I ever finish editing the video. <laughs> nice can't wait to see that so holds if you guys didn't know is gonna officially start his own youtube channel right so holds where can people find you what do you so do? so i've got um halted six on twitter and you can find me on the discord or the stadia founders hub at halts and also yeah i'm starting a channel called cloud gaming club so you'll be seeing stuff on twitter and youtube of upcoming comparisons between new next gen and next iterations of cloud gaming nice nice cool cool and you know us here we do what we do right so again appreciate you guys being here this is a good good cloud gaming conversation we do this every saturday at 2 p.m so mark that down your calendar but yeah this was a lot of fun and we'll catch you guys next one till next time peace out